Um, thank you so much for speaking to me today. To start off, could you talk a little bit about how you came to organize this forum, given recent events around the Black Lives Matter movement, as well as ongoing conversations in international relations? So after, after the, the, the Black Lives um, protests and uprisings happened again in, in, in the summer of 2020, there was a response by um, a, a lot of academic circles uh, and institutions um, and departments and universities, etc., all of which were basically making some kind of admission that, that there was a thing called racism and that Black Lives Mattered. Um, and they did it to various different degrees. Um, the, the, the ISA um, wanted to put together a, a, a conversation for 2021 annual conference on it. Um, and they included um, a couple of people who had been doing stuff on race and racism for a long time. And they included some, some um, more early career people who had been doing some excellent um, um, stuff and uh, commentaries on, on racism immediately after Black Lives Matter. But one of the things which, which, which was apparent and, and which has happened quite regularly is that whenever there is a, um, an admonition that there is racism uh, and an admonition which is so clear in the public sphere because of some drastic thing that happened out front in the open, um, there is always this, this kind of sense that, um, or, or, or this kind of feeling that, oh my God, you know, we haven't looked at race and racism. Oh, we should definitely look at it now. And of course, that's something which a lot of people in literature on race call, you know, amnesia or aphasia, you know, uh, and, they, and, and it's taken to be part of the kind of structural embeddedness of race and racism that, Whenever it becomes apparent, there is always a um, an illusion that um, it's only become apparent now, and that's why we have to deal with it. And now that we've dealt with it, it will disappear. So when that happens regularly, every year or every couple of years, you start to think that there's something actually quite systematic about this amnesia, even though the individuals involved don't necessarily mean it like this. So, so that's what the forum was about, to say, look, in IR, look at a generation of scholars, most of whom did their graduate degrees in the 1980s, most. Um, look at how they were um, trying to engage with race and racism in international relations, both academically and, of course, in the world at large. Um, and, and that might tell us something about our present um, state of affairs, certainly within the field of IR, which... Um, holding up our hands and just saying we never thought about it, might not. Uh, so that's really where it came from, to say that there is actually an, an inheritance that we have in IR, not just of racism, but of scholars actually critically engaging with racism. And that, that's part of what we need to look at if we're going to take the call for Black Lives Matter seriously. And of course, all other calls to do with racism, to do with, for example, refugees, um, migrants, um, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, etc. So how, maybe a bit more specifically, um, how do you think that the living histories of these senior scholars uh, might inform the current debate on race and racism in international relations? Um, so so there's, a few, there's a few elements to that, I reckon. The first one is, is to do with the field itself. Um, and it's to 
clarify for the field that the one response that it can't make when it sees racism out in the public in, in a way which cannot be ignored, the one response it can't make is to say, we never looked at this before. In other words, what it will have to do, what the field has to do is to say, why do we keep forgetting it? And, and that's a very hard and uncomfortable question to ask. And it's not about imputing individual racist motives to individuals, but it's to do with, it's actually a much more harder thing than that. And it's to do with looking at the racist structures of knowledge production, which exist in the field. Um, you just take one example, of course, there's lots of people who've been doing it as well, but Bob Vitalis's book, he's part of the conversation, you know, uh, definitively showed that the roots of IR as a, as a, as a field of study uh, in imperial administration, race administration. Yeah, yeah, I sincerely doubt that any of the top schools have reformulated their graduate training to actually take that into account, right? So these, these are structural issues to do with knowledge production, which are far more harder and uncomfortable than simple individual attributions of, of, of being racist, yeah? So that's the first thing. The second thing is to note how the actual histories of international relations are woven into these senior scholars' pursuit of the study of race within the field itself. So what you'll see in that is that, you know, there's a section on points of departure where you have people coming from the South Asian um, subcontinent, India, um, Pakistan, um, uh, people coming from the African continent. You have people coming from um, particular cities in the US which are, which are already entirely saturated with race and racism, um, linking into global movements to do with liberation struggles, so, so the apartheid movement, um, anti-imperialism in the Caribbean. So what you find is that these people who in various ways critically engage with race and racism in IR were coming, um, were coming out of contexts wherein the actual international politics itself were heavily imbued with race and racism, anti-imperialism, anti-colonialism. So you find that there's a global lattice here, right, which is, which is coming to shape the study of IR. And, and the, the last part about that, which is important, is to show that actually race and racism get figured differently in different parts of the world, right, through different imperial projects. And it's also, and Edward Said has his famous phrase about travelling theory, it's also as much the travelling of people from various locales to do graduate studies. And that's even within the US as well. So you can travel from one part of a country to another, one city to another, and that travel will actually reveal something to you, right? So, you know, um, famous political theorist Roxanne Doty, you know, or, or made this point a long time ago, but in ancient Greece and in Islam, the idea of Islamic thought, the idea of theories very much linked to travel, that different locations provide different contexts. So all of that is to say that race and racism is a global constellation. It's figured differently in different places, even if it's connected. And the movements from different countries, from different locales, from different cities, from different social contexts, from different institutions, you know, is generative of, of the actual critical engagement with race and racism itself. So it's a whole world, basically. 
So what do you see as the stakes of a critical appraisal of the present moment pertaining to race and racism in international relations? So I think there's probably a, a, a couple of things. Um, the first thing, well, there's three things. The first, uh, as we talked about before, is to do with accounting for the, 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 the racist nature of knowledge production in the academy, right? Which, again, is a structural and an institutional thing, not an individual thing. So that's, that's probably the first and most important thing. The second thing um, is possibly to do with the fact that um, a whole generation of new scholars are doing incredible work on race and racism and IR at the moment. And long may that continue. And as a support for them, it's good to note that many of these concerns are not new. All of us need to be quite um, interdisciplinary and we all, all of us want to, you know, link into black literatures in black studies and history, etc., etc. We have literatures within IR ourselves which are not being mined sufficiently and, and, and that shouldn't be happening. And, and part of this retrieval is, is to look at that as well. Um, and then the last thing is to say that um, um, there are institutional legacies and histories of all this. So when you go to the ISA, when you go to BISA, when you go to these conferences, um, to, to actually take note that there are people who, and there are spaces in there which have been developed over a number of years. Um, and, not, and sometimes those spaces aren't always talking to each other. So the one which I think we need to do much more is to make sure that um, spaces which do kind of post-colonial um, work, make sure that they link up with the feminist um, work much more meaningfully. And there's people who have been doing that for a long time, um, but we, we definitely need to do more of that. And then like, one last thing is to say that we really need to, anybody who does anything on race and racism instantly realises that any trite distinction between domestic and international pretty much evaporates. And I mean that analytically. I don't mean that in terms of levels, uh, different kinds of institutions, different kinds of scales. All of that is important and that stands, right? But if we're talking how we, how we analyse things, if we're talking about the concepts we use, those concepts and analytical frames that we used to study race, they can deal with scales and they can deal with levels, but they make absolutely no distinction between the domestic and the international. And in fact, racism is usually used to actually make a distinction between the domestic and the international. Think about how particular kind of migrant people um, have the borders um, following them everywhere. Um, and, and that's nothing to do with what they're doing, right? That's a state thing yeah? and, and an economy thing. Um, so those are the kinds of things, I guess, that we would want to think about. And to say that races and racism are carrying on, then <laughs> they're going to be with us for a lot longer and they change shape and form as well. So I guess that leads us into our uh, last question as well, which is uh, where do you see work on, on and the conversation around race and racism in international relations going moving forward? Mm. I would really like to think that IR theory gets its head around this a lot more and that it has the humility to reach out to fields of study like black studies, um, post-colonial feminism, 
um, and 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 learn from those rather than think that it can talk about things like you know um, Anthropocene or post-humanism, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, without actually um, having some kind of engagements with literatures which have been doing that for a long a long time. So I think theoretically, I would hope that there's a lot more work uh, being done there. Um, I think we have to be capacious with our understanding of race or, at, or mm -hmm. let me put that another way, that we should not think that a post-1945 history of what race actually signifies should be left alone, i.e. that it's just the biological um, and that a culture is something different and um, ethnicity is nothing to do with race nor is religion. And I think we need to go back, I would even say to the, to the post-crusading era, um, where in many of these, this race constellation got crafted to see the imbrications of religion, culture and biology, which didn't start in the 19th century. I would say it's a crusade thing. Um, and see how that has, on the one hand, produced a, a deep structure for global order but at the same time has been consistently shifting um, and, 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 and is articulated differently in different parts of the world. Hopefully in five or 10 years time, we won't be having to do graduate training with students and have students have to waste half of a dissertation justifying why they're looking at race in IR. That's really what I mean. Take it as a premise. Take it as a premise that there are lots of things which happen in politics and there are lots of things which happen in global order, but one of the premises is that race is at least a fundamental structuring principle for global order and that we don't have to write chapters on that. We can have write chapters on analysis. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, Valerie. You're doing such a good job. Right? <laughs>